This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. The global consulting industry is big business. It generates annual revenue of about 860 billion US dollars according to a US research group. But it's also competitive with fees under pressure while clients are spending less as global growth slows after the heady days of the pandemic when consultancies actually enjoyed a boom in revenue. Our global trends then reflected here in Malaysia and is being niche and smaller actually better for business? Questions we posed to Alvarez and Masao, which opened shop in Malaysia in July 2022. Their managing director and head of Malaysia, Tan Ziyan, joins us. No disrespect to Alvarez and Masao, but it's not a household name like BSG, McKinsey, or even the big four accounting firms like EY and PwC that offer consulting services. So tell me, how does A&M differentiate itself from the big boys? Here's how I like to think about A&M. We are your partners in executing for results. Wouldn't all the other consultants say the same thing? Yes, they would. But the question would be, how do we differentiate ourselves uh, in this area? And here, I'd like to maybe just put out what I think um, and feel like differentiates us from the other players in the market. Um, I think the first one is just the level of experience that we bring. Um, what do I mean? More than half, I would say maybe up to 60% of our consultants um, have been in industry before and they've had various roles, very senior, some of them, where we have either ran operations globally or we might have ran operations regionally and we're hands-on operators. So mm. we do have a really strong set of consultants that brings that industry experience into ANM. That's number one. Number two, we have what we call the muddy boots approach. Now, what does it mean? Look, we like to get our hands and feet dirty. Mm. We go for results. We are very biased for results and we, we, we work really fast because time is of the essence for our clients. And what it means is that we will get into the deeds of the company. And so you go into the business itself. We go into itself. the business itself. You're not just from a computer no. looking at the business from a distance. No, we can't. In fact, we hate PowerPoints. We prefer to do the work with our clients really quickly and see that they can generate results in their operations or get um, results into their PL as quickly as possible. Now, you might ask, why are we able to do that? Goes back to the first point. We come from industry. A lot of us come from industry and we know what it takes to work in an organization and to empathize with the situation in an organization, but at the same time knowing what levers to pull really quickly to get those results. And finally, the third thing I think that really differentiates us is we put skin in the game. Mm. Now, what does it mean? Yeah. Well, it means that when you do well or when the company does well, we get a part of your benefits. And we are able to do that through very different, many different forms. Some are pretty straightforward. We've even gone as far as taking some equities in company, which means that we believe in the work that we do and we believe in the long-term impact of the work that we do. Almost like a private equity. And yes, that's right. And there, 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 are, many, there are many models that we can, we can structure around this. So but it's one, not just based purely on a fee, no, for example? No. In fact, a lot of our work, if you will, um, fixed fee are a relatively modest, small portion. A big part of our fees um, are typically linked to some form of outcomes and results. Mm. And it can range from a variety of timelines. And the reason why we do that and we, and we are seeing that our clients really appreciate that is because they see us having 
a stake in their results and not okay. just doing something and moving on um, to the next thing. So it's like almost a hybrid of private equity and hedge funds because it's <laughs> like a performance fee, right? <laughs> yes, you're right. Okay, so the Malaysian office opened in 2022, which means mm. that there must be opportunities here. Yes. Now, from the global website, I see 11 fields of expertise, digital environment, social and governance, to name a few, uh, corporate finance, private equity services. But... You only have a team of around 20 people. That's so right. what will be the focus? You can't offer all 11 pillars of expertise, mm-hmm. can you? Yeah, you're right. Uh, we have to be focused. So I think it's important to note that while we are new in the Malaysian markets, our Southeast Asia Australia business, we have a lot of, um, of our colleagues who are actually very experienced in working in Malaysia. In fact, mm-hmm. we have had Amongst us, we have done work in Malaysia for over the past 20 years in itself. So we but have you the just network. flew in and flew out? Um, flew in, flew out. Um, in, in previous capacities, they may have been in Malaysia as well. Um, look, our heritage is in, is in restructuring, but we have grown very strong as well in what we call performance improvements. So performance improvements and restructuring are the two focus areas for us here in Malaysia currently. But at the same time, we're building up so rapidly that you know, tech services advisory services, transaction advisory groups, as well as disputes and investigations are areas that we are looking to expand within Malaysia as well. So since starting the office, what's traction been like? I mean, you, you like you say, you have had a presence, mm-hmm. but how many clients in Malaysia have you gained since then? I mean, globally, mm-hmm. you service as many as 43% of the Fortune 500 companies, but here... Can you share some names or have you signed some NDAs uh, yeah, to them? Well, you know this industry, right? Is uh, NDAs are pretty uh, are pretty um, strict and we uphold it uh, very strict. I'll share it in this form. I think in the short time that we've been here, mm. we've already started to serve a few notable GLCs, um, you know, backed by the likes of the big players like EPF and so forth, right? So, um, so we're very happy with that because we are relatively new but yet in a competitive setting we are able to convince them to give AM an opportunity to demonstrate um, our work. We have also worked with quite a few PE firms that has interest in assets in Malaysia. Um, so we have been helping them through the pre-deal process in terms of assessing opportunities. So I would say we are quite pleased with the progress that we are making. Now, of course, we are still very eager to um, to work with more. Mm. Um, but for a start, for you know less than a couple of years, being able to crack this few doors open is a, I think it's a big, it's a good progress for us, I would say. Yeah, but I also read that for some jobs, competition mm. is intense. So let's say restructuring, right? Sure. There can be as many as seven to eight restructuring advisors pitching for a single job. Yes. Do you face a similar landscape here in Malaysia? Um, yes, we do. In fact, we have um, my head of restructuring in Malaysia, Zyming, um, join us about a year ago. Mm. Um, we face the same challenges uh, as you mentioned, but yet I think over the past one year since you've been here, we we have managed to um, get a few jobs, if you will. Um, so I think that's testament to what and you can didn't bring. have to lower fees, for example. Um, like Did I you said, have to compete on, on we have fees to com- then? Well, I'll be fair. We have to compete, but we try to show our value proposition and that skin in the game concept that we talked about earlier on. Mm. Uh, we apply that to a restructuring um, work as well. When you look at a consultancy firm, you always think, I want that global expertise. I want yeah. that global reach, right? That's yeah. what they're there for. But when I compare you with McKinsey, mm-hmm. they have staff strength of 45,000 individuals, offices yeah. around the world. a and I think only about 8,500. Yes. So <clears throat> do you have that reach and range of expertise when called upon? 
Um, the short answer is yes. Um, and to be honest, I'll tell you, I'm, I was very surprised myself because recently we did a proposal for another big company here in Malaysia. Um, and it was an area where it was a specialized area. And we thought, how do we really bring the best of A&M? It took us maybe one email mm. and a couple of calls. And we had 10 folks from around the world, um, very senior folks, um, who responded and say, "Look, I have experience in these areas, and I can help. Um, I and, and I can help you, right? They were operators. They were people who have done changes in cultures and performance. And we got together 10, 12 relatively senior folks, very hands-on, working on the deck together to prepare for the pitch. And you know, I mentioned earlier on, we hire from a lot from industry, so you know, we may not have that 45,000, mm. but our 8,500 brings a whole ton of experiences behind. And we become very credible um, in front of our potential clients because, because we can talk to the language and, and, and the market understanding um, relatively well. Okay, so aside from the fight for clients, mm -hmm. is the other challenge then recruitment, which is cons yes. critical for any consultancy, human capital, right? Yeah, you're right. So the best and smartest which other top firms want to recruit also may not necessarily, and this is not just directed at a mm. may not necessarily want to work in Malaysia. Yes. And so is that your biggest hurdle so hurdle far? Yeah. Look, um, talent is always um, a big fight. Um, and in Malaysia, what I do realise is they're actually Malaysians who wants to work in Malaysia. Even as we look overseas for recruitment, mm. They are because Malaysians. our brain drain is one it's, of the highest in Asia. Highest. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think on a macro basis, maybe the you know the, the government needs to think about this. But you know, we look for pockets where people are having the desire to be in Malaysia for whatever reasons it might be. So, um, so we are very active in that in in that perspective. I think you might ask the question like, why would somebody choose A and M over? McKinsey, the, the, yeah, the or the ENY right. or BCBG or yeah. any of those, they might. They might say, why? Why? I, I think we offer this value proposition to our um, to our potential candidates. We say, look, if you want to get really hands-on experience working with clients, if you want to get your experience while in the firm with people who have been in industry and can impart that to you, um, and if you're interested in really driving results really fast and, and it comes with certain amount of stress, <laughs> uh, your learnings will be exponential. See, that sounds like a recruitment ad. <laughs> I, am, I am recruiting. I'm taking advantage of this. <laughs> but aside from this, I did read this Financial Times yeah. article which was published way back in November 2021. Mm -hmm. um, it said your firm was busy hiring practitioners from the big four, but mm -hmm. they had to do so by offering partnership and share of profits faster. Is yeah. that really truly the case for A&M then? Yeah, I think we, no, look, we, we recognise when there are opportunities, we should take them. Um, I can't speak to every individual's, um, but I, there has to be incentive, mm. enough incentive. But we are very, we are very performance-based culture ourselves. On the breakfast grill this morning is Tan Ziyan, Managing Director and Head of Malaysia, Alvarez and Masa. After the break, what is the outlook for the business BFM 89.9? You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill when the hot seat is Tan Zian, Managing Director and Head of Malaysia, Alvarez and Marcel. Before the break, how does a and differentiate itself from the very crowded competition? Now, 
Recently, the headlines have switched from the great resignation to job cuts in a very short <laughs> space of time. Are you seeing similar trends here in Asia? Are you going to, you're busy recruiting, but do you see dark clouds ahead of you? Well, we see definitely challenges. It's open news around how other firms have been impacted. Um, but for AM, the story is very different. Two and a half years ago, when, we, when you look at the SBU of uh, Southeast Asia and Australia, we were small double digits, mm. right? We are going to be about 250 plus across the geographies at Southeast Asia, Australia. And in Southeast Asia, is really just four offices, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Vietnam, plus Australia. We're going to be about 250. Probably in a couple of years, we might be, or less, we might be 500. So we are seeing... But you're coming from a very small base, Small base, right? yes, agreed, yeah. But, and I think what is important is we are seeing the demand for our services and that gives us the confidence to build our teams. From any particular sectors, do you see great areas of growth here in Asia? I mean, you, mm. it would in Malaysia, it, would it be manufacturing? And the reason why I'm saying yeah. that is because you wrote this long article, article on how to improve manufacturing processes, which was very detailed. So yeah. is that something you see here in KL? In Malaysia, yes. And more broadly, um, of course, in, in Southeast, um, Southeast Asia. I mean, if you look at the number of deals in the uh, manufacturing industrial space, I think we mentioned something along the line of um, 35% CAGR over the past four to five years. Um, if you look at the number of... Um, Improvement from an EBITDA perspective, if you go do um, operational improvement, well, you can get about a 20% improvement in EBITDA. If you go into an operational plant um, mm. or any facilities and you look at the manufacturing practices in itself versus the more established countries, China could be one of them. And of course, there's Japan, Korea. We see that there's an improvement potential anywhere between 15 20%. So that opportunity is there and it's achievable that and you're talking about putting in good really good strong manufacturing practices and on top of that you could layer in the more advanced call it um, machine learning ai mm. digital internet of things automation i think the potential for manufacturing in malaysia to get really really good um, is huge and these are not your mncs right these are let's no, say entrepreneurial yeah. driven malaysian companies yeah, your smes if you will um mm. you but know. the smes may not have the the funding to pay yeah. for your fees exactly uh, the smc with the qualified they are different ranges of sizes okay. as well but but more generally in that space whether we are M sme or even if you are part of a larger company just in operations we see so much opportunities there but do you find that malaysian companies not mncs sure are reluctant to pay the fees of consultant or even reach out for assistance because for they, assistance, they, yeah, yeah maybe they think I've yeah. been doing this for 20 30 years what are you yeah. telling me that I don't already know yeah oh that's a, that's such a fair question um I'll try to answer it this way I think what we've realized in our conversations is you know the GLC's companies as, as an example they have challenges and they are looking for alternatives um, for, for options for help, if you mm. will. What they're looking for, as we realize, is they're looking for a different kind of partnership here in the market. I think their experience have been, we pay somebody, they will do something, and that's they it. They give you the proposal. Or they give, <laughs> they you, give you the proposal. Yeah, they give yeah. you this in a nice uh, PowerPoint, PowerPoint slide. And it's very thick. Some, usually it's very thick and with a lot of... Beautiful charts. Good charts, probably some good answers as well. I wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be fair... To, mm. they're, they're smart people all around the world. The question they're looking for is, how do I do this, 
right? And who do I do it with if I can't do it by myself? And that's where I think the proposition of a value proposition of AM comes in. We talked about the experience that we bring in as operators, owner operator. That's the mindset that we go. So when, your answer, your solutions are descriptive and prescriptive. Descriptive, prescriptive. And we are saying, look, let's not spend too much time talking about how accurate the answer is. Let us just do something together. Mm. We'll get some results together. Have the belief that it can be done. It's the first step. And when that belief and that results comes in, we can explore further. How do you want to go? What if it doesn't come in? There are it no will results. Come in. You're so confident. Well, Always. we have not done any work where, at least <laughs> I've not done any work where we have not generated results. The question always in the client's mind will be, how do I make it sustainable, right? It's, um, getting results is not the difficult piece. It's about how do I take that results and sink it into my organization such that it becomes a new way of working and a new culture and performance that this organization needs to expect. That's the, that's the question in the minds of many executives. Do you find that a challenge here in Malaysia though? Changing that corporate culture? Or at least sometimes it's the family culture. <laughs> Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. um, it is a challenge. It is not unlike any challenges that we would face anywhere in the world, to be honest. I think every country has their own set of unique challenges, Malaysia as well. Um, What's unique about Malaysia then? <laughs> well, for once, is uh, sometimes you have many stakeholders, sometimes way too many stakeholders. Um, companies are large. Many companies are large, but I think just being sensitive to the cultural aspects of the organization and um, how they like to operate, um, I think becomes... A, it might lead to some slowdown in speed, mm. right? And maybe decision-making. And to, in, in, in all fairness, in our experiences with the companies that, have, that we are working with, I see a great deal of drive and desire to make changes. They are a lot more thoughtful about the potential implications of any decisions, but I think that's good because it allows us to then be sure that whatever the actions that we are taking, they are deliberately thought through and that the chances of success are higher because you spend the time up front to really understand what it takes to be successful. Okay. And yeah. um, I do want to ask you though, because I always think consultants are a good channel check on how businesses and the economy are doing. Mm -hmm. In the sense that, you know, you have conversations with clients, you can yeah. see the deal flow, how many people are asking for quotations mm -hmm. or proposals. So what does your engagement with clients or potential clients tell us about the state of the economy now? Yeah, I think at least in Malaysia, I think we are we're seeing GDP growth of about 4 to 5% here in, in 2024. Yeah, that's the Bank Nagara guidance. That's the Bank uh, Nagara guidance. guidance. Um, look, what is still real out there is inflation pressure as well as the high interest rates. And what does this translate to is that um, businesses are constantly under cost pressure, even more so than ever, number one. So why would they want to pay your fees though? Or they, or because, you're going to extract value. <laughs> we're going to extract, extract value. And we're going to share that value, right? We, we're not going to extract it um, before we realize, realize it for you. So cost pressure, cash flow pressure, as well as the uncertainty in the business environment leads to three things that companies need needs to think about and they're actively thinking. One is just how do you get your operations to be more cost efficient, number one. So how do you think about value creation within your business in itself? That's number one. Number two, you really need to rethink your operating model of your business because 
you will be subjected to market shocks. Do you have an operating model in your business that allows you to survive through those um, mm. those moments? And lastly, it's around um, your working capital, right, and your cash flow, right? How do you really understand your cash flow deeply? And I'm surprised that many companies actually don't know their cash flow situation as well as we do when we go in. Um, but also, how do you manage your working capital? I think these are really critical for businesses to focus on um, even more so these days. And actually, does the economic slowdown and the potential of companies going to default benefit AM? And the reason why I'm asking this <laughs> is because I just read that uh, you've been appointed as one of the liquidators for Evergrande. Yes, that's right. Uh, it is, uh, you know, we are very pleased to be able to do so. I really can't mention too much because it's a pretty big and So bad times could be good for you then? Uh, well, it it can be. We have a big responsibilities, right? If you look at the Evergrande um, situation, um, and I'll just say what's in the news, we have been appointed as liquidators. Mm. Um, there's a great amount of work that we will try to do um, to get the best outcome possible for the creditors, but also for the companies. Do you see any liquidation here in KL? Any concerns? <laughs> well, that one I'll probably have to defer you to my partner in uh, in, in 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 restructuring. No, but I, I think in the um, there th there are there are. I mean, you read through the news. Um, you know, there are companies that are challenged this way, some more significantly than others. Um, we try to talk to them and at least help them understand what we can provide um, from our perspective. Okay. And I also read news that an A&M executive was detained in UAE mm -hmm. uh, while officers of Bain were raided in China. Mm. I, I would have never imagined that being a consultant is a, is a dangerous job. Yes. Um, look, I think it goes back to one of our core values, uh, which is integrity. Mm. Now, it's in everybody's um, values, if you will, but how do you really live it? in your day-to-day -day work becomes really critical because you never know when something that you're doing today could potentially be um, an issue in the future because of how things have changed. Um, and we are very mindful when we work with our clients to really understand you know, all, all forms of regulatory concerns, legal concerns, um, labor concerns, um, to ensure that any recommendations that we put forward are very well thought through to the best of our abilities um, and that we are conscious of you know, and if you're ever conscious of things, one of the values that we hold is we are very frank with our clients. We will walk away if we feel like there is something that is against our values, no matter what the size of price might be out there. Okay, and final question. Is consultancy just one big con? <laughs> you know, I came from consulting and I went into industry for a good 12 years before coming back into consulting. So personally, I think consultancy adds value to an organization. Not just creating dependency. No. Um, well, i put it this way. Our A&M model is we are not interested in being in your organization for two, three, four, five years. We, we have a belief that we should come in six months, maybe max 12 months, depending on the problem that we are trying to solve, and we're out. We have no desire to be, to be in an organization for five years at all. Because we believe that what you need is that boost to really get the results, show you how to get the results, and then help you think through how do you get your organization organized in a way to continue to get the results. And we are off. We want you to be successful on your own and not be dependent on consulting or A&M on any single thing for a long term. On that note, thank you for your time. On The Breakfast Grill was Tan Ziyan, Managing Director and Head of Malaysia, Alvarez Masa. I'm Wong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile. 
Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.